We're studying on our redemption from the curse, and actually also we're going to be studying about the blessing, uh, uh, according to the word. But Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Not that he's going to redeem us. He has already redeemed us from the curse. And I told you that, uh, and it's important you get this, because uh, a lot of times people read this and think that this scripture is saying that the curse was the law. No, uh, that's not what it's saying at all. It's talking about uh, the law's accompanying curse, or the curse, there's one translation that actually says the curse pronounced in the law, because uh, it was pronounced, Deuteronomy 28. So we've been redeemed from the curse because Jesus became a curse for us, this verse 13 says, and then verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham would come on us and that we would receive it through faith. Now, we'll study more about that later, but we want to go ahead and immediately uh, continue our discussion. Uh, Galatians 28, verses 15 through um, 68, you find the details of the curse, and it's an extensive list of everything that kills, steals, and destroy. And we saw that the curse was the result of Adam's transgression. He allowed the curse to come in. Actually, his sin, uh, by the sin of Adam, death came in. And we see in the book of Hebrews chapter, uh, well, let me quote that scripture. Romans 5, 12 says that death, by one man's offense, death came into the world. And death by sin, that's Romans 5, 12. Well, we know who the author of death is. It says the one that had the authority of death is the devil. Hebrews 2.14. Uh, he's the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God is not the destroyer. The devil's the destroyer. And it's important that we get that. And, and uh, uh, like I said, Deuteronomy 28, 15-68, it, it tells you about this, this horrible curse that would come, as we saw, because of disobedience, because of uh, sowing the, uh, an evil seed, the wrong seed. And uh, we started, and, and we've continued to talk about the fact that there's other reasons. You know, sometimes it could be just ignorance of our rights and privileges in Christ. Well, we don't want to be ignorant of our rights and privileges in Christ. And thank God we are redeemed from this curse. But redemption is participated in by faith in what Jesus did for us. Now, Colossians 1.14 says... We have redemption through His blood. The blood sealed the everlasting covenant, according to Hebrews chapter 9, after Jesus was raised from the dead, after He had defeated hell and death, after uh, He defeated Satan. He went with His blood into the Holy of Holies and put it down on, on the heavenly mercy seat. Glory to God. And that blood is the eternal evidence of our complete and total redemption. And it's before God, day and night. Well, Romans 3.25 says that God set Jesus as a propitiation, or a delivering and redeeming sacrifice on our behalf. And it says, through faith in His blood. See, we have to have faith in that word, in that covenant, in that redemption, in that uh, mercy seat. Amen. We have redemption in Christ, and we are delivered from the power of darkness 
into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Now that's Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. See, this free and gracious gift was all that Jesus accomplished for us. And Romans 3.24 says that we've been made righteous freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That awesome grace is all that Jesus provided for us through His death, burial, and resurrection and ascension into heaven. And that awesome grace is accessed only by faith. Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. All that Jesus did must be received by faith or we don't get in on any of it. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17 says this. I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. I've quoted to you a few of them, but I'll, I'll read this one. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through that one man, and we know, we know that death came in through the sin of Adam, and that, in other words, he allowed the enemy of God, because in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 26, it says, the last enemy that'll be put under, under the feet of Christ is death. Well, and then it says in Hebrews 2, 14, that the one that had the power of death was the devil. So, uh, Death reigned through the one. But now watch what it says. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. So, all that Jesus did must be received or we will not have any of it. How is it to be received? Well, that same word received is used in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. It says, believe that you have received it when you pray and you'll get it. Believe that you receive it. Trust and obey that you have received it. Have confidence in that you have received it. We have to put our trust and confidence in what Jesus did for us and faithfully obey his word to us as Paul reveals, I mean, all over his epistles. We must know that all the word is profitable and not just Paul's writings. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17, Paul talks about that all the scriptures are inspired of God and he says they're profitable. And one of the things he says, for instruction in righteousness. Now why would you need instruction in righteousness if Christ Jesus in him, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Well, righteousness is more than our standing before the Father. It is that, but it includes more than that. It is more than the fact that our sins were wiped out and that we can come freely before God as though we have never sinned. Now, that's all true. But righteousness encompasses more than our legal standing before the Father. It is doing and being right before God, according to His Word. Now you can go study that out in Romans chapter 6. Jesus died and rose again to make us righteous, and so we would be righteous in our manner of living. Verses 16 through 23 of Romans 6 especially talks about that. Actually, a giving spirit of generosity is a part of righteousness, according to both Jesus and Paul. 
And I could get into a study of that from Matthew 6 and 2 Corinthians 9, but that's not our subject. From the time we make Jesus, Lord of our lives, we need instruction in righteousness. Now, I said all of that to say that we're redeemed from the curse, but we have to, by faith, take that redemption. Again, access is granted to the devil. This is where we left off. The destroyer, when people disobey or rebel against God, because when they do that, God has to allow the devil access. Why is that? We've seen it over and over again. Well, because Adam legally turned his dominion and authority over to Satan, the enemy of God, and now he's functioning with it in the earth. And bad things happen in the earth because God has to allow them to happen. He cannot interfere unless we choose the word and stand on the word and stand on the covenant and decide we're not going to have it. Now, this is basically what we have been seeing. And uh, there's a lot that we could say about this. And there's a lot that more that we want to say about this. But I want you to look at uh, right now, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, uh, excuse me, 11, chapter 11. Now here it talks about taking communion. And, and it talks about what happens when people participate of the Lord's Supper and do it in an unworthy manner. And the way that you do it in an unworthy manner is by not recognizing what God provided through the sacrifice of Jesus. Okay? Look at verse 29. Well, let's start in verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. It's when you don't honor and respect the sacrifice, that you'll get nothing from it. But I'll tell you something else. It's when you're in disobedience and participate of the Lord's Supper. You're doing it in, in an unworthy manner because you're not honoring the covenant. You can't do it. And now listen to me what I'm going to say. You can't do it and just say, well, I'm going to take it, but I'm going to stay in my sin. No, you can't do that. You have to repent of your sin and honor the blood when you come to the communion table. This is important information. That's why verse 28 goes on to say, 1 Corinthians 11, Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink the cup. Amen. Verse 29, He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks, now here it is, judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Now, isn't that what I've been telling you? I told you that the curse is the result of divine judgment because of disobedience and rebellion to God's word that gives or grants access to the destroyer. That's what I told you, and here you have it in black and white. People are weak and sick. Christians are weak and sick and dying young, okay, because they're eating and drinking judgment to themselves and they don't discern the Lord's body. They don't understand what Jesus did. They don't honor the covenant. They partake of communion and uh, instead of honoring, they're dishonoring him by uh, saying that sickness and disease 
is the will of God sometimes, that God allows that stuff to happen. Yeah, he allows it, but it's not because he wants to. It's because he has to. And that's an important distinction that you have to make in your thinking because of what Adam did. Now, Jesus died and he redeemed us from the curse and he actually bore our sicknesses and diseases. So how does this correlate? Well, if you don't discern the Lord's body, then you've been drinking judgment against you. Now, this is what this is saying. Now, I'll continue to read this in verse 31. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. That's right. That's what it says. If you judge yourself, you will not be judged. And because people don't do that, instead of judging themselves according to the word, according to the covenant, repenting, confessing their sin, judging themselves, instead of judging others, <laughs> judging themselves, uh, it says you would not be judged. Now this is what we've been telling you. Access is granted to the devil to destroy when people disobey or rebel against God. Right here in this book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, actually verse, let's read verse 3. Now this is the situation of the man that was in sexual immorality. Uh, he was having sex with his father's wife. It was his mother-in-law. He was having, uh, not, not mother-in-law, excuse me, his, um, well, I don't know how you say it in English right now. I'm thinking all of a sudden it crossed my mind in Spanish. But anyhow, you get you get what I'm saying. His father's wife, not not his mother. Okay? And it's in other words, his father had remarried for whatever reason. Uh, and it says uh, in verse three, for I indeed as absent in body, but present in spirit. Now watch this, have already judged as though I was present. Him who has done this thing. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, now watch this, verse 5, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Now you notice, don't, he didn't say deliver him to God so God will destroy his flesh or make him sick. No, deliver him to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Now this presents another issue. Why would, they, why would Paul tell them to deliver this man to Satan? for the destruction of the flesh. Couldn't Satan get at him? Evidently he couldn't. Not the way the devil would have wanted. Why couldn't he get at him? This man was insisting in sin and disobedience to God's word, and yet the devil was having a hard time getting to him. This tells you that they understood something about their authority. Amen. Now, uh, I'm going to say it again. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here because there's something that, that, that I want to say. Now, you have to understand, the, this man being destroyed, his flesh being destroyed by the devil was not the will of God. It, it, no, it was Satan has a right to have access when people, uh, there was probably people praying for this guy that the Lord would protect him and help him and bless him. And yet he was in sin. So <laughs> Paul's correcting this, is, this issue and saying, no, um, this is not what you should be doing. You should be turning this person over to Satan for the destruction of the, of the flesh. Was that the will of God? No, it wasn't the will of God. 
Did God want this outcome for this man? No. But we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says here that if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. God wants us to judge ourselves. He does not want the enemy to have access to us. But he has a right to if we live in disobedience and in transgression to God's word. That is why he tells us to give the devil no place or foothold in Ephesians 4.27. It displeases God when we allow the devil to have access in our lives. James 4.7, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, doesn't say assist him, says resist him, and he will flee from you. It grieves God when his people are hurt, attacked, or in bondage. It is not pleasurable to him at all. Do we have scripture for that? Oh, yes. Look at the book of Lamentation, chapter 3. This is a really striking scripture. And um, let's see if I find Lamentations. It's after Jeremiah. I didn't have it marked, so it'll take me about as long as it'll probably take you to find it. Uh, Lamentations, chapter 3. Look at verse 32. Watch this. I'm reading from the New King James Bible. For he, actually, let's read verse 32 first. Though he causes grief, yet he will show compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. Watch. For he does not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men. Well, if he doesn't do it willingly, how is, how is affliction coming on people? It's against the will of God. It's not his will that people be sick and diseased and cursed. But he has to allow it. He has to grant the devil access if people grant the devil access. The enemy has a legal right to the disobedient and those practicing evil. They belong to him and God is righteous and he must allow access to the enemy or else the enemy can accuse God of being unjust and that's never going to happen. Now, 2 Peter again, chapter 3, verse 9, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And 1 Timothy 2, 4, who will have all men to be saved. It's his will that all men be healed and healthy. That's what the word saved means. Be whole and prospered and protected and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But God will do nothing to stop the enemy from stealing, killing, and destroying on this planet until somebody stands up and resists the devil. Did you get that? God's done all he's ever going to do about the devil through what he did through Jesus. Now it's up to you and me if we're going to stand. See, Adam legally turned this planet over the devil to the devil, and God respects that legality. Now, Jesus knew that and understood that, and we saw scriptures concerning that yesterday. Satan has a right to function in this world because of Adam's transgression. He has a right to kill, steal, and destroy all who will allow him to do so. God does not have the right to interfere unless someone resists the devil, unless someone casts him out. Then God backs it. Do we have scripture for that? Oh, do we have scripture for that? But I'll show you one right away. Uh, besides the ones that I already told you, it says, don't give the devil a foothold or a place. Ephesians 4, 27. 
Well, that in, it tells you clearly that if the devil has gotten a foothold, it's because you gave it to him. Now, I didn't write that. <laughs> I, I'm quoting Paul. And James, the brother of Jesus, said in James chapter 4 and verse 7, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. That means you got to do it. The Lord won't do it for you unless you submit to him, which means you obey him and you uh, do his word. Amen. You, you are a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Glory to God. And, uh, and then you resist the devil and then he will flee from you. Th there is no reason for the devil to flee from you unless you resist him. It's not scriptural because he has a right to come against people unless you resist him and stand against him. Jesus said, in my name, Mark chapter 16, verse 17, cast him out, cast the devil out. He doesn't have a right to stay when we in the name of Jesus exercise authority over him. Amen. Now look at one more scripture and then we'll end for today. And uh, we'll come back to this tomorrow. Uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse uh, 17, uh, 19. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And Now, this is one of the keys of the kingdom. This is the way one, this is the way authority in the kingdom functions and operates. Jesus said, I'm going to read it again, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now again, this is the New King James Version translation. But if you look at other translations, and you look these words up from the Greek, bind and loose, you'll find that, and, and look it up in the, in the Amplified Bible and other places, whatever you don't allow or whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit, that's what the word loose means, on earth will be permitted in heaven. Bind it or prohibit it and it'll be bound and prohibited. Loose it or allow it and permit it and it'll be allowed and permitted. In other words, Jesus is saying the choice is ours and it is in our hands. And that's why God said in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. Well, I, I, I thought that was going to be the last scripture, but I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you about it. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 and 20. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your seed may live. Amen. So he, the choice is in our hands. And we'll continue with the study tomorrow in the name of Jesus. Amen.